USA Wealth Group Inc. presents Money Wise with the Money Guys. Ray Lance and Pete Lance are your hosts for the next hour, talking retirement topics and having the retirement conversation for those at or nearing retirement. For more than 20 years, USA Wealth Group has been committed to helping families protect and grow their wealth. The conversation starts now. Welcome to Money Wise Radio. Good Sunday morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Money Wise and welcome to Pete Lance and Ray Lance. Good morning, Pete. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Happy Sunday morning to you. And uh, welcome to Sunday morning where we're going to be talking about marriage and money or money and marriage. Do you think that's an important topic, Pete? It's the number one reason that uh, couples get divorced. I've heard that. I've read that before, too. So the number one reason that people get divorced and can't get along in their marriage is money. So today we're going to explore the question of how do you manage your money if you're married? And does one person make all the financial decisions and pay all the bills? That's not uncommon at all. More and more um, common, to be honest. Um, uh, that's usually what we see is one person manages the bills. Um, but sometimes the couples do meet you know, weekly or monthly and, and go over a budget and go over bills, uh, but not always. And especially with couples remarrying uh, much more frequently than, you know, 30, 40 years ago, um, a lot of people have separate finances as well mm-hmm. and don't even know what the other uh, partner's uh, finances look like, assets look like, anything. And that's a little bit more unusual, but we do see that. Well, one of the things that concerns me a lot, and I see it a lot in my own practice and doing retirement planning and helping people is that the person who manages the money and makes all the financial decisions and writes all the checks and the bills and pays the credit cards and they die first. And what does a surviving spouse do when that happens? It's a major problem for many, many people. So very recently, for example, I had an appointment with a gentleman whose wife died not long ago and he's here with his daughter because his daughter has now taken over trying to figure out how to take care of the family finances because the husband didn't really handle it. And that's a little bit unusual for uh, older married couples. Um, typically, it was uh, the men who did the bills and the investing and everything else. And, you know, when they typically die first, then it's the wife who's left not knowing what to do and not really understanding a lot of things. And it's really unfortunate. So. Um, bring your spouse into a little bit of your affairs, at least, in case you should pass first and uh, make it easier on them. Well, we're going to have a detailed discussion about that exact topic. And joining us also this morning is Attorney Tenny Lance. Good morning, Tenny. Good morning. And we're going to be talking about different styles of handling money and making sure that your spouse knows what's available. Um, so let's get started on that. Um, right now, it's estimated that women in this country today make 30% of all the decisions regarding investments and handling family finances. But interestingly, it's also estimated by 2030, which is not that far away, women in this country will be handling at least 50% of all financial and investment decisions. So it is very important that everybody be fully informed. But as we begin today, you know, how is it different if one person handles it? Um, what are the challenges? Is it financially beneficial to be married, for that matter, I guess? Did you ever think about that, Denny? I get questions a lot from uh, clients about whether or not they should get married. Uh, and that's, it, it's really a specific kind of question. And it relates to so much about their lives. But uh, I just received that question not many days ago, maybe two or three days ago. I had uh, two people here. They were same-sex people, and that was one of their basic questions. Should they get married? Um, it's, a very, it's, it's something that needs to be explored in great detail. Well, I've had uh, a number of uh, couples, same-sex couples in the past uh, who were thinking about getting married, and I said, well, it's no different than um, opposite-sex couples getting married. 
be careful what you wish for. Yeah, well, I don't know where to go with that comment. But, okay. Um, according to the Wall Street Journal, one in five couples admit to arguing about money regularly, and that's just those who admit it. So I'm sure that that is quite a bit higher than, than you know, those people. Um, it's important to talk about before marriage. You know, what do you foresee your financial future to be like? What are your retirement goals? Um, unfortunately, not many people have those talks before they decide to get married. Uh, and that's where, you know, trouble can sort of come around the corner when you're now with somebody for a year or two and all of a sudden you've got very different retirement dreams or one's a spender and one's a saver. Or, um, all kinds of issues can arise if you don't discuss it and bring it up. Well, as you said, Pete, one in five couples identifies money as the greatest relationship challenge, 20%, according to a Fidelity survey. So as we begin this morning, uh, I would like to start with a quotation from a very smart person, Albert Einstein. And he said, men marry women with the hope they will never change. Women marry men with the hope they will change. Invariably, they are both disappointed. I saw a biography of Albert Einstein a couple of years ago, and his marriage was very uh, fractious, as I remember it. Well, I think he had another relationship besides his marriage, if I recall. Yeah. So maybe it didn't have anything to do with money, but money is certainly a great force. So let me establish one very important ground rule. Um, Peter, we're not going to be talking about your personal situation with your wife uh, with money and Tenny, you and I are not going to be talking about our personal relationship with money. Good. We want to make this a general topic. Right. By the way, can I borrow some money this week? (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, so we know that money is something that people argue about. We know that people argue about it on a regular basis. Some people say, this is my money, this is your money. And I want to have some spending money that I can spend. It's all different. And let's let's ask the question about there's my money and there's your money. So many couples have a joint account. And I guess that can work as long as you're telling the other person what you're going to be spending money for. It probably doesn't work as well if you're going to go out and make your own decisions about you want to buy something and you just spend the money and do it without discussing it with your spouse. So I guess rule number one is if you have a joint account, make sure that you don't go out and just spend money when you feel like it. You ought to have a relationship with your spouse that you can discuss it and say, let's do this, and everybody says, okay. Otherwise, if you have two people who are out both spending money at the same time, you're going to have a problem, aren't you? Well, and um, it's always best to start out with uh, both people knowing what the budget is, what the money is, um, prepared to be spent on and how much money there might be left over for kind of uh, silly things that they might want to buy. Well, you've got basics. Maybe you have to pay rent or maybe you have to pay a mortgage payment. Uh, Maybe you have an oil bill and we just got a shocker on an oil bill that came to our house. Wow, yes. It was like double what it was the prior month because the prices of oil and gasoline have gone up so high recently. Um, so you need to make sure you cover the essentials and the basics first. Maybe what works best is people have something called an expense tracker. Basically that you want to split bills if you keep separate accounts or at least to have a meeting once a month, almost like a business meeting. Let's sit down and see what's in our account right now. Let's see how much is coming in right now and what do we have to pay and what are we going to have left over. And what should we do with that? Can we put some of that money into retirement accounts? Should we have a separate Christmas club account so we'll have money put aside for Christmas presents come November and December? Uh, Should we create a vacation fund? So if you'd like to take a special trip and travel, sit down once a month, discuss it. Maybe you put aside a separate account just for that purpose. You think that's a good idea? Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, especially meeting once a month, I think, is vitally important um, to discuss changes and make sure that everything is tracking the way that you're both hoping that things are going. Uh, It's really difficult, especially nowadays, because there's so many different ways to spend money more than there ever were. The banks um, and other companies make everything easier to spend money. 
you know, Venmo, you can just press a button and send anybody any amount of money that you want um, for any goods or services. Uh, that's one thing that's very quick and easy. There's quad pay and after pay and um, one more, I forgot what it is, where you pay uh, something either every um, two weeks or once a month and you spread out the payments over four payments. Uh, Klarna is another one. So, I mean, What's all the la- these... Is that last one? Klarna. Klarna. I mean, you can... How is that spelled? K-L-A-R-N-A. And, you know, Klarna. people think mm. it's a great idea, but, you know, it, it makes you end up buying more things. At the end of every single online purchase now, you see different ways to pay other than just entering your Visa or MasterCard. Underneath that, it'll say PayPal. Underneath that, it'll say, you know, Afterpay or QuadPay or Klarna. And wow. it says... Well, your $100 purchase, you can only pay $25 now and then $25 in two weeks and so on. So you think, well, it's only $25 instead of $100. No, it's $100. That's interesting. I've never heard of those, some of them. No, neither have I. I was just going to say, I am so old-fashioned. I don't want anybody taking money out of my bank account but me with a written check or maybe a direct purchase. Um, I know that I'm going to get overruled at some point, and have to do direct withdrawals and so forth. But I'm certainly fighting it at this point. Mm. Well, it's everything. Even the new debit cards, you don't even have to enter a PIN anymore for most purchases. Right. You just scan the, tri- the chip on the reader. and Or you don't even need the card. You can do it with your phone. Or your watch, yeah. That's well, actually you know, saved me multiple times. I've never used Venmo. I've heard the name before, but I've never used it. And I'm in the category that Mom is. I like to pay certain things by credit card or debit card, but other than that, I don't want to use any of these unusual methods. Um, Red Skeleton once said, all men make mistakes, but married men find out about them sooner. (laughs) Do you know who Red Skeleton was, Pete? I've heard the name, but I know he's old. (laughs) Or no, he's, he's actually he's deceased. <laughs> he's deceased. <laughs> so I'm going to give you one more quotation before we take a short break because we're going to get into some real specifics about how to work out your money problems if you're married. Henny Youngman once said, the secret of a happy marriage remains a secret. Who's that? Henny Youngman. Yeah. <laughs> Do you, have you heard that name before? No. No. Okay. All right, we'll try to find somebody that's uh, more familiar to you. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. We're going to continue our discussion about love and marriage and money and marriage. Stay tuned. You're listening to Money Wise with the Money Guys, hosted by Ray Lance and Pete Lance. If you have questions about retirement, call today, 508 998-8858. That's 508-998-8858 for a consultation or a second opinion on your current retirement plan. 508-998-8858. And now, back to MoneyWise with the Money Guys. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to MoneyWise. Our topic today is discussing planning for couples for money, and we've talked, I guess the most important takeaway from the first thing is that people handle money differently, and it really is a smart idea to have a monthly financial meeting as a couple, treat it as the business side of your marriage, and sit down and talk about what are you spending, what do you need to spend, what would you like to do, uh, what are you planning for, what are you saving for, do that once a month. So Red yeah. Skelton died in 1997, and Henny Youngman <laughs> died in 1998. I was about 20 years old, and why you would think that I would know either one of them is beyond me. But Yeah, but what I think is important is that all of these quotes are from people who um, were older, lived before our current time. We don't hear any valid quotes from contemporary people. I think the older people were smarter why, sir? They used up all the good quotes. How about Cher? Have you ever heard of Cher? Yes, I've heard of her, but I haven't seen her doing anything relevant in the last no, she's, 20, 25 years. She's terrific. She's, Cher's oh, terrific. She's really terrific. Cher said, the trouble with some women is that they get all excited about nothing and then marry him. 
So anyway, and um, let's continue our discussion about money and marriage. And uh, should <laughs> just, you have your money in what? I just had to look up because I know that Cher did have a big hit. Do you believe in, I mean, she had hits before this, but her last big hit when she sort of had a comeback was Do You Believe in Life After Love? And that was in 1998. <laughs> yeah, that she was also, the most, that was the, the last relevant of, thing that she's done. I just saw a picture of her in a news article lately. I can't remember where it was. I think she's funny and terrific. Yeah. Um, and even as she gets to be a senior citizen, she's funny and terrific. So Cher was married to Sonny. It was Sonny and Cher. They had an act together. They later got divorced. Um, he probably spent too much money. So what do you think about the bucket strategy? Some people think you ought to have three different buckets, and bucket number one would be a joint checking account to pay regular monthly bills. Mostly 70% of your income, let's say, goes into that one bucket because you've got to pay certain things. Maybe bucket number two maybe holds 5% of your money would be a savings account for my spouse for buying gifts, entertainment, personal items, maybe going out to dinner. That's where it becomes really tricky is you need to do that budget and stick to it. Uh, as I started talking about uh, towards the end of the first part of the um, show, it's so easy to spend money, especially nowadays. There's so many subscription-based services. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, it's it's so difficult. It's not like the, the days where you had a checkbook and you balanced a checkbook. You, you know, hardly anybody writes checks anymore. I and do. I know you do, but most people don't think of it, and they just swap it on their debit card, and that's it. Don't don't really think about it. And there's so many things like Dunkin' Donuts that I use all the time to go and get my wife a coffee. That's like four dollars a day, that you don't even think about doing. It pulls automatically from your bank account. Um, so Target. that's twenty dollars a week. 50 weeks in a year, what's 20 times 50? Well, we said we weren't going to talk about our own personal finances. so <laughs> You brought it up. But it, 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 bottom line is that it's so easy to buy things and spend money nowadays, much easier than it was even 10 years ago. And hardly ever you know, do I really comb through every single purchase in my checking account. I was going through it the other day, and I saw Spotify for $9.99, and I ch- searched that, and we've been charged Spotify for... $10 a month for the past year and a half. And Do I, you use it? And I said, Jen, I don't even have Spotify on my phone. I've got my own Sirius XM subscription that I listen to exclusively. And she said, I don't use it. So we asked the kids, and Tyler said, oh, yeah, I signed up for that. <laughs> so, Well, so that's why you have a once-a-month meeting, and you sit down and you look at these things. So $10 a month is $120 a year you can get rid of. Yeah, and it was actually my wife who found this out, that it was Tyler who was doing this. And um, she said, that's you know a lot of money that you owe us. And he came up with some excuse. I forgot if it was his good grades or something or other. But He's a very smart kid. He is smart. I would, I would watch that one if I were you. <laughs> anyway, the three buckets. Put most of your money into a joint checking account to pay the essential things that have to get paid. The second bucket maybe is 5%. Is a savings account for gifts and entertainment. Bucket number three, which also gets 5%, that doesn't add up to 100, though, <laughs> would be a savings account that allows you to do the same. So it's like you give each other an allowance or some safe financial space. Not a bad plan. Most important takeaway in this, as I said, is at least have a monthly meeting where you can sit down and look at your income and look at your outgo and look at your expenses. And know what that... Um differential is between bills that are going to be owed have to be paid and your income if it, if that bucket is really small then maybe you've got to make your own coffee five days a week instead of buying it from dunkin donut yeah those little expenses that seem like they're necessities often if you look at it really carefully you could find another alternative because you can spend a lot of money on that i could go without coffee for the rest of my life i mean i have it here and there just as sort of a treat because um, I do like the taste of it, but it doesn't really do anything for me in terms of making my mind sharp or waking me up. It doesn't affect me the way that most people does. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's really interesting, the dynamic between certain couples that we see. Um, so once in a while we'll see, you know, a husband who's making $30,000 a year and the wife makes $200,000 a year and that 
uh, and yet he makes the financial decisions and sort of controls the dynamic when it comes to that. And that's unusual, but we do see that. And if it works for them, that's wonderful. Uh, I've got other um, clients who the spouse, um, the, the wife makes $30,000 a year or so, and the husband makes $200,000 a year. He's very frugal, and she likes to spend money and goes on lots and lots of trips. So, again, it works for them. But you know, have, you have to have that discussion to make sure that what you want and what your partner want are going to work out for the both of you. So I'm going to say one more quick thing, and then I'm going to talk about what do you need to know before you get married? Because wouldn't that be nice to know? But at what age do you think it would be appropriate to not only have a, a discussion with your spouse, uh, your husband or your wife, about money and what you're spending it on? What, what age do you think would be a good age to include your kids in some of the discussion? Because kids don't have any sense of money. They think they can just ask for something and get it or figure out how to you know, put pressure upon you to um, get a radio show, well, no, Spotify kids, or something? Kids until they're, you know, at least 10 years old really don't understand the concept of money and, you know, the, the value of saving money and not spending it on everything. Um, I've said this for years, and we've really got to put it together at some point. I want to do a, a finance for kids show, maybe two different age groups. Uh, because they just don't teach it in schools, and I've I've discussed it before. It's it's shameful that this country doesn't have any classes whatsoever, other than elected classes when you get to college, maybe on finance, on balancing a checkbook, on you know uh, the danger of credit cards and the importance of credit and the importance of investing. All those things that are just not discussed at all in schools. Well, uh, most importantly, you should treasure your relationships but not your possessions. That was a quotation from Anthony D'Angelo. Did he die in 1997 or 1998? Uh, No, I think it was 2010. So you want a really old person's quote? How about Benjamin Franklin? He said, keep your eyes wide open before marriage, half shut afterwards. I'm not sure if he was talking about money, however. I don't know. How one person could have said so many smart things. I know. He really was amazing. I think well, he's probably your favorite, either him is. or Twain. No, he lived his quotations, or his quotations lived his life or something. He probably does have the most you know, unique and good quotations of anybody combined. You know what I've learned most about Ben Franklin is the fact that we think we've got unique issues and unique problems today. They were around in Ben Franklin's time. They were around 2,000 years ago in ancient Greeks' time and, and ancient Roman times. Uh, life hasn't changed all that much except for the, the necessities the have changed. Surroundings. I remember when ben, ben Franklin was talking about, you know, when the Wi-Fi was down, how difficult it was to get the... <laughs> okay, wise guy. All right, so let's talk about what do you need to know about marriage before money. I wonder how many people have a sense of what the other person earns or what they have for assets before marriage. So, Tenny, I know that you've seen some situations in which, um, I remember one case where there was a, a young man and a woman getting married, and the young man was scheduled to, uh, was expected to inherit um, about $2 million from his parents when they were gone. On the other hand, the woman he was marrying um, didn't really have wealthy family members at all, so she was not going to inherit money. And so what do you do in that kind of a situation? Um, Well, the answer is it depends, but um, in general, our advice is to have some sort of prenuptial agreement in writing with advice from counselors, either legal or otherwise, um, to make sure that everybody understands what kind of relationship they're going into. And most people that I know avoid prenuptials like the plague, um, but it just sets forth sort of an outline of how you're going to live your life and what might happen if one of you should die. It's a really, uh, I think, useful thing to do to have a prenuptial agreement. So if you have an unequal financial situation with the people getting married, maybe a prenuptial agreement is in order. And I know that it has to be in writing, 
that you have to have schedules attached that fully disclose what each person has for assets. And what you might be receiving. And what you might inherit. And I also know that you have to have um, a separate lawyer represent each person. One lawyer legal counsel. One lawyer cannot represent both sides of the equation. Right. It's not terribly expensive to do it. I think it's like $1,500 or so to do something like that. Maybe the wealthy spouse or soon-to-be spouse pays for both. (laughs) Well, that's fine. It's just that they need independent advice, each of them. Right. So at a minimum, there should be full disclosure of assets, liabilities, and maybe even credit reports. What if you don't find out until after you're married that your spouse that you've just married has terrible credit? I'll go into that in a minute after the, uh, after the break. So right after the break, we're going to pick up on that, and we'll be back in just a moment. And we're going to say a few more words about what do you need to know before you get married? This is Money Wise Radio with Ray and Pete Lance, powered by the USA Wealth Group. Collectively, more than 80 years of experience helping clients define and plan for their retirement goals. To begin a retirement consultation, call 508-998-8858. That's 508-998-8858. This is Money Wise Radio. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Money Wise. Our topic today is to talk about married couples or even couples living together, I guess, in some situations. How do you handle money? And, you know, if you're someone who is concerned about money and, you know, you're frugal and and don't like to waste money, then you really should, more importantly than anyone else, make sure that your marriage is going well and that you're on the right track, both of you, with your finances because divorce is very expensive and really can destroy your credit score as well. Well, um, the, the rule should be that you should know as much about the person you're going to marry as possible. And that's, you know, sometimes a little bit difficult to do. Like, you know, at what point do you say, can I see what your credit score is or can I see what your bank accounts or investments look like? But, you know, this is going back 20 years ago or more. Um, one of your daughters, uh, best friends, my sister's best friend at the time, said, I don't even want to go on a second date with a guy until I can get a look at his credit score and his finances. <laughs> That's a little... thought that was a little... Is she still she's unmarried? She was a sharp cookie. <laughs> <laughs> that was a little bit odd. Yeah, she's probably still unmarried. But you can get a sense about how people spend their money by once you get to know them a little bit. What kind of a car do they drive? How do they live? Um, do they over tip when they go to a restaurant? Are they trying to impress you? But you ought to know something basic, it would seem to me, about what kind of a job you have. Um, if we get married, are we going to rent for a while? Are we going to buy a house someday? Um, I've saved some money that can go towards a down payment. Have you saved any money that could be put towards a down payment? Um, why not have a frank discussion and simply say, Let's sit down and have full disclosure about what we each have. Marriage is a business relationship as well as a personal relationship. It is. And you also, I mean, you you not only want a partner who has the same beliefs as you, and, you know, if you're both spenders, then that's going to be a real difficult situation. You both have to try to curb each other's spending. Um, But it's not just important for your finances, but just your finances sort of create everything else around you and what you can do with your life and with your retirement. So that's really step one in terms of creating the life that you both want. So maybe you should have um, a discussion. Yeah, there can be a proposal and you can accept the proposal to get married. But maybe you ought to say, let's sit down and figure out how much money do we want to spend on a wedding? Where's the money going to come from? Who's going to pay for it? What if we have, before we set a date and actually go forward with a marriage, why don't we have a, a meeting and talk about our financial goals? Do we want to buy a house? Do we want to save for retirement? Do we want to take a vacation once a year? Whatever it happens to be. But lay out your top priorities in life and how you're going to pay for them and what are your financial goals. And then you'd get into disclosure at that point too, right? And that's why I think sometimes second marriages work out better because you don't think about all these things 
um, when you're first getting married, when you're especially when stupid. you're when you're young and stupid. If you're, you know, our producer's age and young and stupid, and I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, so we had a former president who said that once, didn't he? His name was Bush. He said, "When I was young and stupid, I was young and stupid." Remember that, George, George Bush. Yep. But mostly, it's not being young and stupid. It's being young and not knowing really what you want to do with your life. Good point. And you really don't know sometimes until you're older. It's only been within the last couple of years that, you know, Jen and I, my wife and I have been talking about retirement and where we might want to end up and at what age and everything else. Sure. Um, none of that was discussed or even thought of when we first got together. Yeah. And again, that's why I think second marriages may work out really well because you're older and you know, hey, I want to retire in Georgia. I want to wherever. You know, you have, I want to sell everything I have and rent an RV and drive across the country. That's not, a nice idea. You're not thinking about that when you're 25. No, but, you know, you have to make some decisions. You have to not just spend money whenever you want. You have to make some sacrifices. Uh, Helen Rowland once said, in olden times, sacrifices were made at the altar, a practice which is still very much practiced. <laughs> Get it? No, Get it? I do not know. Who Helen Rollins is? Well, you wouldn't, because she oh, died in 1950. <laughs> oh, really? Thank you for. Uh... <laughs> okay. I had to Google. I, I I love having my phone by my side just to do some show research. All right. How about Socrates? You know who Socrates was? No, was, I saw that movie, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. His name was Socrates. <laughs> It's a different time we live in, folks. It's just a different time. Socrates, a Greek philosopher, said, By all means, marry. If you get a good wife, you'll be happy. If you get a bad one, you'll become a philosopher. So, I guess we can was, tell how his marriage went. must be where he was. <laughs> well, let's so get into great. some specifics. Does it make sense to spend a lot of money on a wedding? Probably not. Um, maybe you can have a less... Expensive wedding and a, and a more expensive honeymoon. That that would be uh, a good idea, I think, and more useful. Uh, my wedding didn't cost a whole ton. We wanted to go very inexpensive, and uh, the only thing that we did, which was unusual for the time, is had an open bar, which all of our friends thought was the best thing ever. Now it's every single wedding you go to, it's expected that it's an open bar. Yeah. So did you get to pay for that? Uh, no, we, we did not pay for the open bar. <laughs> Gee, I wonder who paid for that, Pete. <laughs> well, um, I believe it was my father-in-law. Hmm. Okay. My memory doesn't extend that far back. All right, let's talk about something different because we have a lot of things still to talk about. Let's talk about does marriage make financial sense, which is one, our third major topic. One thing that's proven to any of you men out there who want to make your wife happy and not have to have the expense of a divorce. It's also in your best interest health-wise to stay married because men who are married live longer. And that's probably because their wives nag them to go to the doctor. You think that's the case? I've actually read that. Oh. That most men don't go to the doctor unless they're you know, on death's door and that, uh, the wife will often tell them to go and get checked out because men are stubborn and don't want to go and see a doctor. And I could never understand why that was the case. Why wouldn't you want to try to fix what might be wrong? But anyway, well, not I, our topic I've always, today. I've always read that men in, in a relationship and a marriage die before women. Do you right, know why, but they live do, longer. Do you know why they do? Because they want to. <laughs> <laughs> they can't listen anymore. <laughs> you said it. I didn't say it. So marriage can make financial sense. You can have more security. You're not going to be spending as much money on bar bills, perhaps, if you're inclined to do those kinds of things. I've got some friends that go out to the bar once or twice a week and it just never interested me. Hmm. And some some of the uh, older Portuguese men in you know different parts of my community, I see that they go there five times a week, seven times a week. Well, there are some distinct financial reasons why it does make sense to be married. And um, sometimes you get a marriage bonus, so-called, because Tax brackets might mean that you come out better when you file a joint income tax return. You'll be in a lower tax bracket than you would be if you file individually. 
Health insurance can be a great financial benefit. Uh, if your employer offers health insurance uh, to each of you, you can choose the plan that's best or cheapest for them. You tend to get discounts on things like long-term care insurance. Married couples qualify for better credit or better terms, you know, things of that nature. And Social Security is another important reason. When it comes time to collecting Social Security, you might be entitled to a spousal benefit. We're not going to talk about that in detail today because the rules are complicated. We do a whole production and a whole show on just Social Security. If you are a married couple and one spouse dies, the surviving spouse is going to retain the larger of the two Social Security checks, and that can be a benefit. So we've had recently some uh, tax Cuts and Jobs Act. We've had the American Rescue Plan and gave earned income tax credits to people uh, equal to $1,502 for childless households. So there's lots of financial and tax reasons why uh, being married is important. In general, I don't know taxes like you do, but in general, um, it's the case that married people have um, more tax advantages on their income tax. The As a general rule, that's true. Uh, there is something called a marriage penalty, and it impacts people in a number of other states. It does not impact people in Massachusetts. So One of the few things good. that it's good to live in Massachusetts. One of the very few reasons, in my opinion. Oh, not mine. I think it's a great state. One of the best educated states in the country. And healthier, but still. Massachusetts is the only state in the country where uh, 50% of the working population has a college degree. We're the most educated state in the country. That's kind of cool. Well, in any event, from a tax point of view, um, from an IRA contributions point of view, here's an important thing a lot of people don't know. If you're a married couple and only one spouse is working, the other, uh, the other spouse is a stay-at-home spouse, the person that's working can put money into an IRA account for themselves, but they can also put money into an IRA account for the benefit of the spouse who's not working. I did not know that. Yep. Hmm. I'm, can, I'm sitting here trying to process the fact that we're the smartest state in the country and really wondering what the heck it's like to live in other states because well, I see are morons every day. It doesn't mean that everybody in the state is smart. It just means that you know we, we are still the most educated of course, being educated doesn't necessarily mean that you're smart. It's just a thing called common sense. That's what it is. But from IRA's point of view, uh, it also, if you get divorced, used to be you could deduct alimony payments. So the, the spouse who had to make the alimony payments could deduct it from their income tax. That's changed after 2018. That just Yeah, I was going to say that's in the last few years. You can no longer deduct um, alimony payments. And it's now taxable as well. So health insurance benefits, car insurance benefits, life insurance sometimes is cheaper if you're married because they think you're more stable. It's questionable sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> it can make you mentally unstable depending on the type of marriage that you're in. Yeah. Well, we're going to come right back after um, a short break and talk more about marriage and money and the top six marriage killing money issues. Stay tuned. Call 508-998-8858. That's 508-998-8858. This is Money Wise Radio. Money Wise is in many places. If you missed a minute of the show or want to listen to past episodes of Money Wise, go online to usawealthgroup.com and click on the radio page. That's usawealthgroup.com. This is Money Wise Radio. Welcome back to Money Wise, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to talking about marriage and money. So we know that it's the number one thing that people argue about the most. Did you intend to go deep on that last introduction? You were much deeper than your pipes were just, welcome back to Money Wise. 
<laughs> no, I was just exercising my throat. <laughs> so anyway, newly married couples, definitely meet once a month. Have a plan. And combine your finances. Yes, that's a good thing. Update your tax filing information. Make sure you're talking with somebody when you do your income taxes who knows all about the good things that you can do and shouldn't do when you're married. So we're going to talk about the top six marriage-killing money issues, but we do have all these um, articles um, with really useful information. Uh, if anybody is interested in them, it is uh, important for people who are thinking about getting married and people who are already married. Um, the first one is uh, before you say I do, and then setting joint financial goals, planning your wedding, who pays for what, handling your money after you've tied the knot, sharing financial responsibilities, the legal side of marriage, marriage and taxes, uh, and that's just one um, of the guides that we have that we're happy to give out to you. The other ones are why marriage makes financial sense, managing money as a newly married couple, what you should know about same-sex marriage tax benefits, um, and then five financial things to consider before marrying later in life. But the one that we're going to talk about now in our final segment is top six marriage-killing money issues and how to prevent them from damaging your relationship. So I want to give you another quotation from Henny Youngman because he has some smart things to say, Pete. He said, some people ask the secret of our long marriage. We take time to go to a restaurant two times a week. A little candlelight, dinner, soft music and dancing. She goes Tuesdays, I go Fridays. <laughs> I knew that was going to be it. <laughs> that was kind of cute. But then Winston Churchill. Do you know who Winston Churchill was, Pete? Was that before your time? I love Winston Churchill. No, that some 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 people are timeless. Henny Youngman is not. Okay. Winston Churchill said, My most brilliant achievement was my ability to be able to persuade my wife to marry me. So sweet. Isn't that sweet? No, he was he was amazing. All right, so let's talk about um, we'll skip over managing money as a newly married couple, but Take the time to plan. Take the time to think through some things. If you're getting married later in life, you need to be thinking about doing your estate plan too, don't you, Tony? Because you might have children from prior marriages. It could be that each spouse is getting married again, has children from a prior marriage, and maybe you want to include them, maybe you want to exclude them, maybe you want to do separate wills and trusts and make separate arrangements. Maybe you want to pool your resources maybe you don't we've seen all of that haven't we we've seen every variation of that we have and i th i thought we were going to talk about top six marriage killing money issues we are i just wanted to, to interject the fact that gosh whatever you do marriage is serious and money is serious so uh and by the way all these rules that we're talking about they also apply to same-sex couples don't they well, yes, that's very important. I think that uh, same-sex couples often don't know um, what jeopardy they might be placing themselves in if they don't do legal documents, that um, they, they really have uh, rules that are important that apply to them. Well, there can be a marriage bonus, as we've talked about, for example, so sometimes it can be advantageous to get married right and sometimes not we've met with people as you've said even just very recently where maybe the house is in the name of one person and what happens if that person dies and they haven't done proper planning um, gosh you better make sure that something's done so let's talk about the top six marriage killing money issues all right you ready pete i am i'm just what's mine is mine what's yours is yours and what's ours is ours so sometimes people don't share information, and I think that's even worse. If you don't know what the other person is earning or what they've got tucked away in their savings account or their investments. Um, how about debt, Tenny? You think debt would be a problem if the other person is bringing debt to the marriage and you don't know about it? Well, it affects your credit score if you're um, in some sort of a debt arrangement that you take on by virtue of getting married, yes. How about school loans? Uh, what do you mean? Well, what if one person has a bunch of school loans and the other person doesn't have any school loans? What if one person likes to go to the casino on a regular basis? 
Wouldn't you want to know that? Wouldn't you want to know how much is being spent at a casino? Well, that's a serious issue. Gambling has become a serious issue, and it's only worse because of online gambling now. Um, <laughs> did you hear about this NFL player who bet like $1,100 on a game that he was not playing in? And nope. he has now been suspended for an entire year, and that means he's lost out on $11 million. Well, that was a pretty <laughs> stupid decision, wasn't it? So um, gambling is a serious thing. Um, I personally know of a couple who got divorced because they went on a cruise, and the husband uh, gambled like $30,000 oh of their retirement assets in a week on the cruise and didn't tell the wife, and the wife found out, obviously, you know, probably within a week or two after getting back from the cruise, and that was it. Um, so yeah, that's so much for the marriage. Well, that's that's a pretty wow. serious issue. So you gotta find out if that's an issue with you or your spouse. I, 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 <laughs> there's so many not safe for radio Rodney Dangerfield quotes. I was just looking at some and laughing, but they're really not appropriate. But Google them sometimes. And but one of them that is is my wife and I were happy for 20 years, and then we met each other. <laughs> <laughs> oh, then we got married. No, I think it was, and then we met each other. Oh, okay. Maybe maybe you're right. Well, watch out for gambling. Watch out for um, bad habits. What if somebody smokes? What does it cost to buy a package of cigarettes today? Ten bucks? I think even more. I think it's like $12 now. Yeah. I'm so, a former smoker. I, I didn't smoke a lot, but I smoked. It's been about 10 years. But uh, I know they've banned all flavored cigarettes in the state, but... Even so, I, I heard somebody in front of me maybe a week ago, and I think they said like twelve fifty a pack or something when the person rang it up. It's crazy. So what do you think the number one thing is that people spend on in their marriage that sucks up most of their money? Kids. Well, you didn't you know, really say that in the correct way. You should have said married couples who have kids. <laughs> yeah. So that's an important decision, isn't it? Should you have kids? Should you not have kids? Some people don't want for personal reasons, but it is a major expense. Kids are a major expense, and there are many couples I know, both personally and professionally, who have made a choice decision together to not have kids mm -hmm. and because they don't want to be tied down and they want to that's okay. do whatever they want to do and have a lot more money. Yep. Uh, power plays. Uh, power plays can occur in one of these kinds of situations. One partner has a paid job, the other one doesn't. Maybe the person who brings in the money and has a paid job says, I'm entitled to make all the financial decisions because I bring the money in. And sometimes, you know, a spouse will choose to be a stay-at-home mom or choose to be a stay-at-home dad because... We've seen that too. The cost of daycare might be more than what that spouse was actually making. Or one partner comes from a family that has money and the other one doesn't. Or one spouse makes a lot more than the other spouse. So there are a lot of reasons that people can disagree on money. This is an old report, but the uh, U.S. Department of Agriculture released a report in 2017, so quite a while ago, that the cost of raising a child to age 18 is an average of $233,610. And I would argue that it's probably a lot more than that. Absolutely, and especially if they go to college. Yep. Um, what if you have an extended family? What if you have an older parent that needs to be taken care of, and one spouse says, I need to take care of my mom because she can't handle it financially? Well, my mom, as she got older, she had a very small Social Security check. That was it. And she lived with us for a number of years. And it was a blessing, but it also cost us a lot of money, didn't it, Tenny? Well, yes, it was certainly worth it. We were happy to do it, but, yep. Actually, it was almost more um, money that we never received because she lived in a little cottage of ours that uh, we never got any rent on, yeah. obviously. That could have generated rent, which would have helped us financially. So make sure you talk about debt. Make sure you, uh, if you have really unequal situations financially, think about doing a prenuptial agreement. You can get in touch with attorney Tenny Lance, who's got a lot of experience in that area. Well, we've got a lot of good information. We're happy to share it with you. We're happy to talk about your own situation. We're not marriage counselors, thankfully. But we can talk about having a 
proper financial plan for you if you'd like to do that. Um, don't spend your money. Never spend your money before you've earned it. Thomas Jefferson said that. Milton Friedman. Do you know who Milton Friedman was, Pete? Famous economist. He said, Sounds dead. There's no such thing as a free lunch. There's no such thing as a free marriage. You have to plan, and you have to be very cognizant about it. And I guess the most important reason is that at least if you have a monthly meeting and talk about what you're spending, what you're earning, um, it's going to be on the table, and you're not going to be arguing about it. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Pete, for your insights about marriage and money. And Tenny, thank you for um, sharing all this with me for many years and planning for money. And thank you for listening, ladies and gentlemen. You've been listening to Money Wise with the Money Guys, Ray Lance and Pete Lance, powered by USA Wealth Group, Inc. If you have questions about retirement, call today, 508-998-8858. That's 508-998-8858. Money Wise is also online. Go to usawealthgroup.com. That's usawealthgroup.com. Firm offers insurance services. USA Wealth Group, Inc. is an independent financial services firm that utilizes a variety of investment and insurance products. Investment advisory services offered only by duly registered individuals through AE Wealth Management, LLC. AE Wealth Management and USA Wealth Group, Inc. are not affiliated companies. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. Any references to protection, safety, or lifetime income generally refer to fixed insurance products, never securities or investments. Insurance guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims paying abilities of the issuing carrier. This radio show is intended for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be used as the sole basis for financial decisions, nor should it be construed as advice designed to meet the particular needs of an individual's situation. USA Wealth Group, Inc. is not permitted to offer, and no statement made during this show shall constitute tax or legal advice. Our firm is not affiliated with or endorsed by the U.S. government or any governmental agency. The information and opinions contained herein provided by third parties have been obtained from sources believed to be reliable, but accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed by USA Wealth Group, Inc. USA Wealth Group, Inc. has a strategic partnership with tax professionals and attorneys who can provide legal advice. Lance Law, Inc. is not affiliated with USA Wealth Group, Inc. or AE Wealth Management. This radio show is a paid placement.